This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm content creator Corey Walmsley, the founder of Aurora Corealis Publishing. I'm dedicated to helping women entrepreneurs make a big impact by turning the next page with tools, tips, and resources that empower and connect the dots through books, publishing, and more. Every episode includes me, along with a featured guest on my globally recognized show, Page Turner Studio with Corey. Hello and welcome to another episode of Page Turner Studio with Corey. I'm your host, Corey. Uh, Corey Walmsley. I'm CEO of Aurora Corealis Publishing. I've written nine books. I have my 10th one coming out in November of 2023. So I'm really excited about that. And I love talking to people about their books and their businesses. So today we have Amy Hooper-Hanna on the show. Um, we're going to be talking about how to lead with emotional intelligence with leadership coach Amy Hooper-Hanna. Um, she is absolutely amazing. So I know you guys are going to love her. As a leadership coach, communication strategist, speaker, facilitator, and author, Amy Hooper Hanna is passionate about self enlightenment, sparking revelation in others, and helping people turn powerful insight into personal, practical action. And she went on to tell me that through consulting, coaching, speaking, and workshops, she's committed to helping people access their fullest leadership potential and live their most fulfilling life. So that sounds like a goal that everybody wants to hit. Um, we're really excited to have Amy on. So I'm going to bring her up from the green room. Hi, Amy. Woo -woo. Hi. <laughs> it's great to see you. It's great to see you. I love the music to this to this program. It's like so like intriguing and inspiring. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so we're really excited to talk about um, how to lead with emotional intelligence today. This is going to be a really interesting topic. Uh, first, I wanted to talk a little bit about your book. So um, I actually have a copy of it here with me. I always have a copy with me. <laughs> that is a smart marketing tip. Um, the book is for She Who Grieves, Practical Wisdom for Living Hope. Um, so how does this connect up with leadership for you? That is a great question. And, you know, originally when I um, became involved with writing this book, it really had nothing to do with my business, with leadership at all. Um, the, the original intention of the book was to um, share experiences 
uh, that women had had going through um, hard times, significant loss, mm -hmm. and the effects of that, and kind of what comes next, what they did to get through that. And what I what I came to realize after you know all was said and done, and in the process of writing the book, that ironically, like this book is about leading yourself through tough times. And um, from a business perspective, it, it totally helped me as a, as a business. I'm a solopreneur. I'm, you know, running my own business. I don't have employees. It's all me. And there are some serious ups and downs, right? You start questioning what the heck am I even doing? And there's a lot of information that can be, can be gained um, in this book for business people. So it was fascinating to kind of see that that parallel after all was said and done. Yeah, um, I, I feel like a lot of times when we start on a book, we don't always recognize all the ways that it's going to connect up for us and all the different things it's going to help us with personally. And it always ends up being a like a deep dive into ourselves and revealing all these interesting things about ourselves too. Absolutely, absolutely, and 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 I think when you hear other people's stories and experiences, mm -hmm. I mean, that's how we learn about ourselves too. You know, when you think of like, that's how we get an understanding of how the world works, how people work is when you listen to other people's experiences and what they've been through and maybe what's different than your experience, but also what's the same. So um, I think there's definitely deeper meaning uh, in this in this book, because it is all a, a collection of, of stories and experiences, but it's also very practical. It's about like what people have tried, um, what worked for them, what didn't work for them, what they wish they had done, what they wish they had known. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of education as well as inspiration in the book. Yeah. Yeah, um, just from my experience writing my book, um, Braving the Shore, <laughs> uh, those are things that I discovered too. Just a lot of, um, you know, I, I, my story in, or the story that's in the book isn't other people I know, it's a character. But some of those things, it's like deep diving into her and what she experiences in this book. Um, it helped me kind of see things that had been going on in my life and just watching her transformation. Um, when I write books, they're always about women who are over, overcoming some sort of a challenge, just like the things that my authors write about too. So yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to share Amy's impactful page turner share, The Power of Connection. I've learned the value that comes from asking these, these questions of myself and others. What do you believe? How do you feel? Why is that? And what do you need right now? How did you come up with this list of questions? Because it's so, um, it's so like kind and open and non-judgmental. I, I really love this list of questions. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Have you tried asking any of those lately? I'm just curious. Like, did you like, if, like, if you try it, yeah. you'll see like what that opens up with oh, other yeah. people little. And then of course it comes back to you. It's like how other people react as a reflection of yourself. So you learn about yourself through how you can connect and communicate with others. Mm -hmm. um, so, so wow. Yeah. I think, um, I, I mean, in my personal life, as well as in my business life, my professional career, um, I've just learned the value of like simply asking 
questions and they're and it's not just asking questions for the sake of questions right it's about Mm -hmm. like what's the intention behind asking the question like Mm -hmm. um being curious and being interested in things outside of yourself i mean again it's just like it just opens the door wider Mm -hmm. to um to more information more meaning to me more it makes life more interesting but it also opens up opportunities for you to connect with another person based on their response. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mean? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I feel like uh, at least for me, one of the experiences I had, I actually used that last question um, probably a couple months ago, uh, someone who my husband worked with passed and they were very close and I, I wasn't sure how to handle you know, my husband grieving. Um, And I imagine other women have gone through this too, where, you know, your husband's grieving. And of course, men are always expected to, you know, just keep it inside and everything. And I wanted him to open up and to talk about his friend and to be comfortable with it and understand that, you know, I'm I'm here to listen and I'm here to cry with you if you want. I like I cry all the time. So (laughs) I'm good at this. But I didn't know how to approach it. And I actually used what do you need right now? So when mm-hmm. he got that news, it was, okay, what do you need right now? You know, I'm here. I don't know what to offer you. I haven't been in your shoes before. What do you need right now? And I think that is such a wonderful question. So I'm glad we got to talk about this, this one well, in particular. And I love the, the the way you phrased it at the beginning part of that question is, it's okay to say, I, I don't know exactly what you're going through. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't really know what to say right now. I want to help. You know, mm-hmm. what do you need right now? So it's, you know what I mean? Like, it's okay to kind of couch it in that perspective. Because, I mean, especially with loss and grief, it can mm-hmm. be super awkward. People don't know what to say. People don't mm-hmm. want to put their foot in their mouth. People don't want, you know, so just ask, like, or, you know, exactly. What do you need right now is a great question. And, it, and not just in times of, of grief, right? Mm-hmm. It's for anything. It's with your children. It's with your coworkers, you know, like it's, it's a way of offering support. Um, and it also is a way of getting people to think for themselves. It's a benefit to that other person because then they question for themselves. Yeah. Like what do I need right now? Like what's really important to me right now. And sometimes it might just be silence, you know, like I don't want to talk about it. I just need, I just need to know that you care and that you're here for when I am ready to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. It leaves it open for them to decide. Yeah. Yeah. That's really great. Um, And I know some of these others, you know, I use this kind of questioning with my kids, you know, how do you feel? Tell me more about this. Um, You know, it goes down to everything, even uh, something that I had picked up. I actually think it was from like a babysitter's club book back long, long ago, like, you know, like 10 years ago, um, <laughs> when I was reading those. And there was a, a a child that had an illustration that, of course, you know what kids' pictures look like. Sometimes it's like, okay, is that a bus? Is that me? I don't know. Um, <laughs> and something that they had said in that book was, you know, instead of saying, oh, what's this, which is kind of insulting to say, tell me about this. Yeah. So it leaves it open so that the kid can, you know, not just say, oh, yeah, that's a bus 
<laughs> guess what? That's you. Um, and I do that with my kids too. I, I will say, you know, that is awesome. I love the color you used, or I love this about it. You know, tell me more about that. So I think there are a lot of opportunities where we can be more aware. And I think it takes awareness too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what I love about like the value of questions to me, and I, I mentioned this is that it opens up the opportunity for you to respond um, in a good way, depending on their response. Right. So like you just said, like when you say, tell me more about this or, you know, what can you tell me about this? Mm -hmm. um, and they, it, it gave you an opportunity to say, oh, well, like to appreciate, like, wow, that's a really interesting choice of colors. Like that's very mm -hmm. creative. You know, that makes me feel, you know, really um, excited about a bus ride or whatever. It gives you a chance to relate more to mm -hmm. the person and express your appreciation, acknowledge what they've done, um, you know, be, act, be curious. Because when you're curious with other people, it lets them feel like they're important. Like, mm -hmm. wow, she cares about like what I think and feel like that's a way of that gets a, it's a way of esteeming someone, right? And esteem, yeah. self-esteem is like one of the most powerful forces in life, right? Self-esteem is huge. Yeah. So whatever you can do to contribute to that, um, to someone else helps solidify that connection, the relationship makes your life more meaningful, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Everything she just said. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. I'm glad we got to talk about this. That was incredibly important. Um, so I wanted to also talk about Amy's being a page turner tip. Understanding that there are basic human emotional needs and specific ways to address them has helped me realize how similar all of humanity truly is, despite all of us being so radically different. And then when we were talking about this, she went on to say that um, there are definitely ways to respond and choices you can make that impact personal effectiveness, relationship quality, and ultimately life satisfaction. So tell me more about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Yeah. So this is kind of the, the basis of a lot of the, the work that I do. And so I've been in the business of people for decades. And, and, and if we wanted to even like say like, okay, I mean, I went to college for, you know, psychology and sociology. So it's, I've always been interested and fascinated with, with people mm -hmm. and um, yeah, psychology and all that good stuff. So, uh, but then when I started applying that interest to work life, um, I got into communications consulting. I got into um, a lot of employee attitude research, employee opinion um, research, why people leave, why people join a company, how management operates, you know, what management, how management thinks in order to make decisions, how they create a culture of people and all that stuff. So mm -hmm. in the course of all my, in the course of my career, um, I've done a lot of research um, as part of my career, but also just because I'm interested in it. Mm -hmm. So along those lines, um, I mean, I think if anyone's taken like a basic sociology class, which I think is a standard requirement once upon a time, most people don't even remember what they, what they learned, but, um, in, 
I don't even know where I was just going to go with that. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, so, so what I wanted to tell you is that, oh, I know what I was going to say, basic needs. So you probably learned Maslow's, you know, structure of basic needs. Right. So there are, we are human. We're all human, right? And there's things that make humans human. There's common yes. threat. And one of those is that we are emotional beings. We are, we are part of the uniqueness of humanity is that we are not just thinking mental intellectual beings. We are feeling beings. It's yeah. instinctive. It's in our blood. It's natural. Right. So um, what I, you know, and there's, there's basic human needs across all humanity, but there's, there's basic emotional needs that stretch across all humans, regardless of gender, regardless of generation, regardless of, you know, age and all that, all those other demographics. Mm -hmm. There are emotions that make us human, emotional needs that we have. Mm -hmm. So in the course of my work, um, I've learned to be aware of what those needs are, but also how, so how do you address them? And what is the benefit of addressing them? Why is it important to address your own emotional needs and others' emotional needs? What does that do for people? What does that do for you? Mm -hmm. So I, in the course of learning all this and understanding it and actually applying it in my own life and encouraging other people to apply this awareness um, and ideas in their life, I've, and, and for asking for feedback, I've, learned even more how beneficial this understanding and application is in creating a more meaningful life for not just you, but for other people. So I don't know if that makes sense. I tend to like, you know, my mind works in mysterious ways, which is why I write, by the way, instead of, you know, so, um, so yeah. So does that, is that making sense? Like what, what yeah. That? Yeah. I think um, what popped into my mind was, um, you know, when, when we're working on books, when, when my company is working on books, um, everyone writes their book and then has this like, oh my God, now I have to turn my baby over to someone else. So it feels like we have poured all our emotion and all our stuff into this book. And then sometimes we have to hand it off to someone else and we feel like we're going to be made wrong. Um, and I feel like that emotion, you know, we have this need to be told we're right and to be told we're wonderful and be told we're perfect. Um, there's always this desire to be praised. Um, so understanding that emotional need for me has been really helpful um, with my clients because every once in a while I'll have a client who's like annoyed by the editing process or upset by it. And I will have to sit down and say, okay, what are they seeing? How are they seeing it from their perspective? And how can I meet them halfway and help them understand? And a lot of times it comes from me saying, okay, are they, are they thinking that we're marking it wrong? Or are they thinking that we are too stupid to understand what they're talking about? Or, you know, what is it that they're coming at? And I have to kind of reread the email. Um, a lot of times we do all our work via email and I'll have to read through it and say, okay, what are they feeling and what need do I need to help them, you know, focus on like, okay, they feel like we just don't get it and we're just marking it up and that, oh my goodness, we're going to screw it up. So I have to come in and say, okay, if we've marked this, 
then that means we didn't understand it. And that also means that the reader's not going to understand it and let them know that we all have this collective goal of making this book amazing for the reader. That way the reader reads the whole chapter or reads the whole book or whatever it is we're working on and that they see, okay, this is someone I'd like to connect with or, wow, this is great work. I'm going to follow them. Um, So sometimes I do have to step in and, and understand what emotion am I dealing with here? How can I help bring that emotion back up um, so that they understand, okay, you're you're here, you're you're pissed off at me. <laughs> and I'm gonna come down a little bit and pull you up. And that way we're all in these positive emotions of working together and helping each other and making this the best book it possibly can. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, that's what I got from what you were talking about. Well, and that, and that's a great example of the importance also of seeing things from other people's perspective and really mm-hmm. trying to put yourself in someone else's shoes. And considering like, okay, well, if I was in this position, if roles were reversed, how might I be feeling about this? Is this what they're feeling? And sometimes, I mean, that's always a great thing to do. Sometimes we might be wrong. We might not, you know, so we might not really, we might think we know what it's like to be in their shoes. And so we take a stab at it and try to address that, Mm -hmm. which is, which is a good thing to do. What I have found to be very helpful is to simply ask and, and, and not, um, not always guess. I mean, we don't always have the luxury. We don't make it a habit to ask first, but Mm -hmm. to the degree that I have been able to remember to do that, to say, okay, so, so, you know, I sense that there's, you know, there's some frustration here, there's tension. I get it, but I want to understand from you, like, how are you feeling about this? Mm -hmm. Like what's going on here? What do you think? How do you feel and what do you think are two of the best forward questions um, that you can ask? Because then when you are, then you're spending more energy on addressing, you know, you're nailing, you're targeting what the need really is. You're, you know, you have a better guess mm-hmm. and you're putting more energy into that. So those are just, you know, it's always good to put yourself in someone else's shoes and try to see things from their perspective it's always good to ask and to check and to, um, you know, just put it out there. Yeah. Yeah. Tell yeah. me more about it. <laughs> well, and like, like you said, like people want appreciation, you know, like people want approval. They want to know that this is right. They want to know that what they have to say is getting through to people or resonating or is important to people. So that goes back to one of the basic human emotional needs, which mm-hmm. is the need, you know, we hear it in different ways. Like people want to be seen. People want to be heard. People want to feel valued. That's mm-hmm. a basic emotional need of humans. Yeah. Can we get along without it for a while? Do we need it all the time? Some people need it more than others. But the, the point is, is that we all need some of it. Yeah. And so the degree that you can meet that need in other people just makes you more effective as a you know, relationship builder, as a person, as a human. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about the turn the page with Corey tip. Important questions for nonfiction authors to ask while they are writing include, is this important to my reader? And, but why? But why is one of my favorite questions. <laughs> what do you think about this? Um, well, this goes back to, you know, is this important to my reader? Mm-hmm goes back to putting yourself in someone else's shoes. And I think that's, I think that's a real benefit to 
having a background, well, having a background in communications or writing or whatever, because you're taught to think of your audience. Mm-hmm. So it's not just communicate. I mean, it's Mark. It's, it's, it, I mean, anybody in high school had to write essays, right? And they right. should teach you that you need to put yourself in the eyes, you know, in the position of the audience. How is the audience going to interpret this? What are they, what questions are they going to have when they read this? So that's a huge thing. Like always, you know, you, you have, you, it's a really important skill to put yourself in the other person's shoes and think about your, how your audience is going to perceive what you are presenting. And like I said, a lot of times you don't know. So you ask, ask, ask for feedback, ask for impressions, ask, what do you think? How do you feel about this? What reaction does this stir up in you? Mm-hmm. Ask the damn questions. We don't do enough of that. Um, so is this important to my reader? Yeah, that's an absolutely, that's a key question. Now, I mean, you might get into a little bit of a gray area because is it important to my reader or is it, is this interest? Like, I'm curious about your choice of the word important. Like, is it, is it relevant? Is it interesting to my reader? Is it value? Is it valuable to my reader? I'm curious about your word choice. Does that kind of encompass all those other words? Um, leaning more towards relevant. Mm. I usually say important because a lot of times we have a huge story. I mean, we've lived our whole lives, all this stuff, and we're narrowing it down. And sometimes people will mention all these things that are over here. So I always have to ask them, is that going to be important when the reader's reading this? Or is this just you talking about something that's important to you? Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which goes into social awareness. You know, we talked about emotional intelligence uh, a little bit, but what I also talk about in my business is social intelligence. Mm -hmm. So, you know, emotional intelligence, it's more about like yourself, self-awareness, managing your own emotions and understanding yourself. Social intelligence is about uh, understanding and managing you know, the actions of others, right? Or reactions of others. So they're both very important, especially in writing. You have to think, you know, you're thinking from yourself perspective, but you're always thinking about the audience. You're always thinking about that external social connection and relationship. And that's another thing that's key that one, one of the things, um, one of the questions that I found in business and coaching um, other business owners, leaders, et cetera, is what what is what is most important right now in a, in a cover like at, at in work and business because mm-hmm. a lot of times you have there's so much cool stuff you can say like in a book right there's right. there's so much good stuff that you want to share but it goes back to what is most relevant what is what is really key right here what's a need to have as an information tidbit versus a nice to have Not that you can't add the nice to have stuff in, but it's a matter of prioritizing information, right? Because you don't want your book to be 10,000 pages long. Right. (laughs) So you want to kind of prioritize like, okay, I know I need to get this point in. I know this is super relevant. This is key to the story and this isn't going to make sense of it. And then you can feed in like, oh, but I really want to, I really want to share this one thing. And that like, maybe I can fit that in. But you have to question what's what's most important. What's the priority information that I need to get across in this book conversation, et cetera? Yeah. Um, 
so that's that's key. And then you, the other question was, but why, right? Oh yeah, but why? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so tell me, you tell me a little bit about that. But why is one I like to ask when I feel like the reader or the writer is just going, oh, here's this information. Okay, but why? Why did this happen? Why did you feel that way? Um, why did, you know, what was the path that led here? Um, there are lots of additional questions to but why. But a lot of times if, if somebody tells me something uh, and I say, but why? They can go, oh, well, you know, well, this is where I was at that time in my life. But why? Oh, because I had had this happen before and that's that was impacting my emotions and that's how I got into this particular situation. Okay, you know, we've we've dug down a couple different layers there. Yeah. And that that brings up a great point because, you know, I don't know, you've probably heard of this, but you know, the five whys, the value of the five whys. Mm-hmm. And um meaning just simply like you ask someone, okay, so why? And then they respond and then you say, well, so why about that, you know, and then, it, but usually by the time, by the fifth, why, if someone hasn't been like, why you ask me why all the time, but it's really helpful when someone asks you to go down each layer with a why, because it really gets you to like the root of like, you have, you do usually have like an epiphany, by the fifth, why you're like, yeah. Oh yeah. Like either it's like, yeah, that's why it's important. Or it's like, Oh, that doesn't even make sense. Like, why was I even doing that? You know, you know. So it's great. I love the fact that you, like, as a book coach, mm-hmm. everybody. I mean, like, every all of us like to have friends do that for us, coworkers, coaches, our own coaches, to ask that question. Like, okay, so why? Why are you thinking that's important? Like, why? Okay, well, so why did you go there? Well, why did that happen? It is so valuable. Yeah. The one thing I would say too. The only, the only thing I would add to that is instead of, this is like just a standard communication thing, instead of, but why, why not? And why? And again, this is, goes back to like the whole mindset, like a mindset thing, because when people hear the word, but automatically there's a little mini, whether you're sensitive to it or not, there's a little mini trigger Mm -hmm. that puts people on the defense. Their, their defensive mindset kicks in the most, this happens with the most open people. It's just natural. Mm -hmm. Like, but you know, you've heard like, like you can esteem, say an esteeming statement to someone like, Hey, you know what? That's a, that you did a really good job on that, but you needed to blah, 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 blah. It negates, like it minimizes the good stuff you just told them, you know, like just say, and you know, what might've been what different was blah, blah, blah. And just so changing but to an and, or just ending a statement at, you know, you did a really good job on that. It helped us, you know, finish this book in time. Mm-hmm. What we might want to do differently next time is blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like just cut out yeah. the book. Yeah, that's a really good tip too. And especially when you're asking for more expansive thinking, but is a more limiting word than and, right? Just sure. and is more of a add on. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And we have one more tip to go over. Um, this is the make an impact tip with Corey. Humans connect on an emotional level. So it's important to dig into your emotion while writing and in your writing. Mm. So how did this work for you? Mm. Yeah. 
Well, this is interesting. So it's important to dig into emotion while writing and in your writing. Hmm. Okay. Well, so I'm, if you can't guess, I'm, I'm a very, um, emotionally, uh, progressive person. (laughs) (laughs) So I, um, it's hard for me to not do things with emotion. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I will say one thing that I found to be very important for me with writing this particular book, I mean, it's an emotional topic. Like, so for me, it's, it's kind of a different thing than like a a fiction book, you know, it's a little bit different. Um, because this is all about emotion. I mean, grief is a whole host of emotions, right? So this, I'm writing about emotion. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was writing from the heart because I've been through significant, you know, experienced significant right. grief, been through significant trauma, et cetera, et cetera. So that's all an emotional comes out in my writing. But one thing I felt was really important for me in writing a book that was so focused on emotions was to be in the right emotional space while I was writing. So um, I made it a point to only, like, I didn't have, I wasn't on a deadline or anything. It's not like I had, you know, like pressure to like perform. Mm -hmm. This was totally from the heart, from our spirit, from Holly and my, you know, spirit. So the deal was I'm only going to write when I feel inspired. And when I have the energy to, to write when I feel like I get, I ride waves of energy. So when I'm inspired by something, I start writing and I just go and go and go and go. And then sometimes it's like, mm, I don't know, I guess I should go back and do that. And then I'm like, no, I'm not doing this based on shoulds. I'm doing this based on total want and inspiration. Mm-hmm. And I think that what happens with that, and this is with social media as well, like people can feel your energy. Like even in a book, people, even in print, (laughs) your words have energy behind them, even on paper. And people might not be able to pinpoint it. They can't, whatever, but they get a feeling from what you present. And so even in social media posts, you know, like when you write those posts, writing from the right place and not like a, I don't, it's so tedious. I hate doing this. And then you write your post and it's like, (laughs) it's going to come across as kind of flat. Yeah. And that's okay. I mean, it's not like you shouldn't post at all necessarily, but it could be so much better when you are writing from a better energetic place. Yeah. And by energy, I mean, like it's all emotional, right? Like it is. And it's science. It's not, you know, people still correlate like emotional with like, oh, drama and, you know, woo woo and weirdness and stuff. It's like basic science people. It's like makes us human. There are our emotions, you know? So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can tell a difference. I can tell a difference in people's word choices. I can tell a difference in how like choppy their writing is. Um, It's their sentence structure is different. Like you can absolutely tell. So even if you aren't like actually feeling the emotion, you can see it and you get it. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's not, it's not to say like, oh, um, okay, so I have to wait until I'm in a good mood to write. Is that what you're saying? I have to wait until I'm not grieving in order to write about grief? No, that's not, that's not what we're saying. Right. It's more about kind of the, um, 
it's yeah, it's more about a will and a and a want and a and a compelling energy. You know, you maybe you write the best when you're feeling sad and you're really feeling the emotion, and that's when you write. But you have to want to do it. It it shouldn't be a. It doesn't need. To, it's it's unfortunate. Put it this way: if it's a should, yeah. Like you kind of want to do things to avoid that. Yeah, I think it helps too to shift into an empowered and empowering sort of feeling to when you sit down, if you are writing about tough topics, to kind of pull yourself into this space where you're like, I'm not just dumping my grief everywhere. Or I'm not just dumping, you know, whatever garbage happened in my life. I am sharing this because I'm helping people. I'm sharing this because I know there's someone down the street who isn't talking about it. She's bottling it up. I know because there's, you know, some guy on the other side of the country who is reading this and he's going, oh my goodness, someone gets me. Yes. So Absolutely. coming at it from that perspective, I think is really helpful too. Yeah, intention. That goes back to intention too. And, and also mindset. And we talk about this in the book. And this is why I will tell you as a solopreneur, this book is 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 really good. I mean, it's good for anybody because it's all about, I mean, life loss and hardship is part of life, right? So this is like, this is a guide um, of different ideas. And it's not, you know, we're not, Holly and I are not therapists. We're not, you know, we are researchers, we're people helpers, we're idea givers, we're inspirers and, and insight sharers. So, um, you know, you can pick and choose what resonates with with you from this book. But one thing I will say about this book and one of the whole you know chapters is about um, the resilience of, of entrepreneurs and because um, entrepreneurs are, and solopreneurs are constantly dealing with like wins and fails, right? So how do you not get stuck in that? How do you not get mired and hold back or like feel like, oh, this isn't worth it? How do you keep going? But also how do you keep, how do you make it better? Not just how you bounce up, right? but how you bounce up and over. Um, so the resilience, like mindset, having the right mindset, questioning your intentions, they're all exercises that are in this book that are helpful in business, but just in life. Like, you know, creating a vision and, and establishing your own personal values, let alone your business vision and your business values is so important to like, it's part of like, you know, guideposts, um, knowing, you know, boundaries, I don't like that term boundaries, but, um, you know, having guideposts to how you operate and what you're willing to accept and not willing to accept in your life and in your business, all that stuff is in there. And it's like, just, I don't know. I learned a ton. I learned a ton writing this book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Thank you so much for all of that, Amy. That was amazing. Um, just making sure you guys see this one more time. Uh, make sure you grab a copy of this because everybody needs this in their lives. It is a beautiful, beautiful read. So helpful. Well, I, I tell people, I mean, people laugh about the fact that I always mention, like, I am, I'm a, I read, I like reading. I, I mean, I used to complain about back when USA Today was a paper because I, I grew up working in, in the newspaper business. Mm -hmm. And I used to laugh like, oh, oh, so silly. These little, it's like a cheap newspaper. It's little tidbits, little spurts. Can't people like, seriously, people can't read a full article. And now I'm, I'm, I am a person. <laughs> it takes me a lot of more energy. I don't read a book cover to cover as often as I would like. Put yeah. it that way. I would like to do that more. But I do really appreciate, especially with a heavy subject, 
um, to have things written in bits and pieces with different fonts and white space and stuff to be more like a manual that you can take notes in, that you can go back to later, you can earmark and things like that. So this is kind of like a, it's almost written in a workbook type fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can put the book down, pick it up later, flip through it, be like, oh crap, I don't even remember this being in here. And this applies to my life now. <laughs> oh, who would have thought? Yeah. It's a good book for shelf life. Yeah. The way it's written. It's yeah. I love that books are, that. Uh, I love books that are like that. And I particularly love that you guys did your book this way. Amy, thank you so much. We had such a great conversation today. So many great nuggets. I really appreciate you being on with me today. Excellent. Thank you. And thank you for asking. Thank you for the reach out. And thank you for asking um, for me to be a part of this. It's all so important. And I love what you do. And I love being connected with you. Yeah, well, thank you. I love being connected with you too. And I am definitely glad that I asked. And I'm glad we got to talk about all those important questions for everybody else to be asking. So thank you for being on. And um, I'm going to send Amy back to the green room and we're going to wrap up. Thanks. <laughs> oh, thank you again for watching our show. I hope everyone enjoyed it today. Be sure to catch the next episode of Page Turner Studio. We're on every Wednesday at... 7 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern on the uh, SWE network. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with ElectroCast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of ElectroCast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join ElectroCast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to ElectroCast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electricast. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. matters. Deep leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric acid.